Apologies for the delay, everybody. We're having a little bit of a technical issue, but welcome to the Touchdown Rundown, where we talk about the NFL, and we're doing that on a chilly Friday afternoon in South Bend, or, well, at least I am. Uh, what's the weather where you're like, Tony? Uh, it's just snowing here. We got Devin in here now. How you doing, Devin? Hey, guys. I'm good. How are you? Awesome. It's good. Great to have you on here. Thank you so much for doing this little interview with us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, we absolutely do. Um, for those of you who didn't tune in last week when we teased this, uh, we, we have Devin Hurt, a Harvard Law student and the CEO of Prediction Strike. Uh, Devin, like Tony said, we're super happy to have you here. Normally, we would cover the NFC and AFC championship games, but this idea, you know, I've fallen in love with the app, using it in the past couple of days. You know, it's a really innovative app, and we wanted to share it with the audience and kind of get them introduced to it because it's just such a unique concept. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself before we, we dive into what Prediction Strike is? Sure. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, first of all, yeah, I mean, as for me, let's see. Uh, I'm from Long Island, currently based in Boston, kind of as was mentioned. Uh, I'm a Harvard Law student. Before that, I have a background, uh, a technical background. So I did some cybersecurity work. I wrote, I did a consulting project for the MBA. I uh, did some work for Nike as well for a couple of years. So kind of in sports tech and then, of course, now uh, running prediction strikes still in sports tech. No, yeah, that's awesome. I, I find out more and more with you, and I'm more impressed pretty much every day. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so why don't you tell the audience a little bit about prediction strike? You know, we, we've teased about what it is, but it'd be really good to get your, uh, you know, your explanation of what the, the platform is. Sure. Prediction strike in the simplest form is a sports stock market. Our goal was to allow users to be able to invest and just buy and sell shares on in pro athletes. And that's that's kind of what we created. You know, we can get into some of the mechanics there, but imagine instead of buying stocks, you're buying pro athletes. No, yeah, it's a uh, it's a really cool idea. If you guys want to follow Prediction Strike, you can do so on Instagram. Uh, they are at Prediction Strike, all one word, uh, no uppercase. Uh, so follow them there. You can get a little bit more information, a little bit more insight on how it works. Um, so how did the idea come around for this? Because it's not every day that you know that like you know Tony and I have you build as the guy who can potentially change sports betting and fantasy. You know how did this idea come around? It's such a unique one. Yeah, it really just came around in a conversation. Just me and my current co-founder and also best friend were talking, and we were just talking about the real stock market. We're both uh, we're both key portfolios in trade, and we were talking about well, what what if you could just put your money in an athlete? At that point, it was LeBron because it was the NBA playoffs. But the idea is like you know LeBron's going to LeBron, but you don't mm-hmm. know kind of what. Uh, or maybe you do, but for a lot of sports fans, it's much, much easier to to uh, to look at athletes as opposed to companies. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually how I found the app. I was just scrolling through the app store one day. I love investing, all that kind of stuff as well. I'm also in the stock market, so every now and then I like to go and try to see if I can find any investing games. So I was just scrolling through the app store, and I, I found this app called Prediction Strike, and it looked really interesting, and I looked into it, and I immediately texted Tom as we were both so into sports and I am very into investing. And I was like, this is the, one of the coolest apps I think I've ever seen. I immediately downloaded it, went through it, explored through it. It was really, really cool. Uh, it was absolutely awesome. So once you came up with the idea, what did it kind of look like to get it started and really bring this awesome idea to life? Um, I mean, first it's kind of like anything. It's starting with just a, uh, a sort of beta or demo. Uh, so we did that with just a web platform and we just rolled it out to our friends. And so that was kind of fun. That was a good way just to see, does this idea even make sense at all? Like, does anyone want this? Uh, and, and our friends loved it. And so from there, it was like, okay, let's start building out a real product, start building out a better web interface, build out, um, build out a, an app eventually, just doing all those things that it's, they're around creating real products. But to start, the most important thing is always just get it out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, you've got it out there. For those who haven't, you know, looked it up while we've been doing this interview, please do. It is a, a beautiful-looking app. I'm looking at it on the App Store right now, and it truly is a a well-functioning app. Uh, what was it like to design this? Like, how did you kind of settle on the decision choice, you know, the choices that you decided on? 
Yeah, I mean, a big part of it is trial and error. So we've been out. I guess we've been working at this in some capacity for about three years now. So some of it is just, okay, let's just get this out, see what people like, what they don't. Uh, so that's a big thing. And another is uh, people will tell you. Um, we have a super active user community who tells us what they want to see, what they don't, what makes sense, what doesn't. And so you just you just learn as you go on. Uh, now that we've become more sophisticated, we do a lot of learning before we actually release things. Oh, sorry, drop my phone. But before, uh, no <laughs> but before we actually release things, we're able to do like actual user testing, do actual, um, I you know, user interviews, things like that. Now that we have the time, and so you want to get to that stage. As mm-hmm. you can imagine, the bigger a company is, the more the more care they take before they they release new things and new features. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, you've just talked about how you've been working on it for about three years now. Do you have any idea uh, how many active users are on the platform, how much money has been traded on the app so far, kind of that stuff? Uh, yes. So we've completed about $10 million in transactions, and that's oh. across about 50,000 users. Wow. That's okay. incredible. That's, that's just incredible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that, that's awesome. It's been, uh, it's been fun. So who's the most valuable player? If I were to if I were to go on the app right now, who would Ooh. the most expensive player be? Um, that is a great question that I do not know right now. Um, I can tell you some highlights. Uh, Jokic has been killing it just all season. Um, I think Embiid is up big on the NBA side, NFL side. Derrick Henry was way up for a while. Um, of course, he, he was unfortunately hurt. Derrick Henry was by far our most valuable player. At one point, he was like $50 a share. Uh, $50? Good yeah. lord. That's, that's um, insane. So that's the one. That was the big outlier that, that I kind of remember. Um, after that, you have a, a bunch of guys who are hovering closer to 20, um, and maybe maybe even 30 these days. Awesome. All so, right. Well, when you, when you kind of – when you're thinking about, you know, the app prediction strike, do you consider it to be more like uh, sports betting, kind of gambling, or is it more like the stock market? It's more like the stock market. That that is the goal. Um, in in that, it we want something that is not all or nothing like gambling. We want something that people can can see as you know maybe not the same as a um, a, uh, a a true stock investment, but that kind of level of safety and security. But they can approach it with that confidence. Sports betting is more or less a fifty fifty shot, and so we we want to be able to get people away from that. So, um, th- so let's go back to the most valuable players. You said Jokic was about thirty dollars. You said Derrick Henry was fifty. How do how do how does the players' value change? Is it based on a performance, uh, an algorithm, or is it completely kind of controlled by the market? It's both. Uh, so it is that one is based on how the players perform in games. Specifically, how do they perform relative to how they're expected to perform? So, a simplified version of the real stock market is that company will have earnings projections. If they beat those earnings projections, their share price will increase. If they miss, their share price will decrease. So based, so for their earnings projections, we look at their um, their projected their fantasy projection. And so if they beat that, their share price will increase. And the other is the market. Are other users buying or selling transactions? Are buying or selling shares of that player? Awesome. Okay. So it's primarily off of fantasy. That's interesting. When a when a player kind of comes into whatever league it is, I know you guys cover multiple store, sports, NFL, NBA. How is uh, each player's kind of starting value determined? It's determined based on how the player is projected to perform in that initial season. So you can imagine like a rookie who is a first-round pick and is projected to be a starter will be valued more than, say, I don't know, the, the, the sixth-round pick who, who's just making the roster. Yeah, absolutely. Now that makes sense. Do uh, do players' values kind of change with, you know, let's say there's a trade to another team or other team factors, or is it solely, you know, on the performance of the individual player? Uh, it is only based on the performance of the individual player. We thought about we thought about some things with teams. Um, nothing has, I think, people have just felt different ways because some users are like, well, you know, if the team's winning, that's good. But also, you can be a bad player on a good team, and maybe you're being unfairly rewarded for that. So we've gone back and forth a lot on teams, and we just haven't done anything about it. 
Interesting. Oh, that's very interesting. Um, so do you have any plans to get these athletes involved on the app? Like maybe an endorsement of sorts? Yes. So we actually have some UFC fighters, our sponsored athletes, and they produce content for us. They interact with some of their fans. Uh, most definitely. And that's been really, really successful and a lot of fun. Oh, for sure. I, I can only imagine. Now, are these athletes, are they able to buy and sell their other, you know, their own stock or other athletes stock, or are they not allowed to, or can they go to sports outside their own realm? You said UFC, so are they not allowed to participate in that specific part of the market? Right now, they're allowed to participate freely within the market, um, of course, within their own league's sort of guidelines. So that's kind of going to depend on which sport it is and things like that. Uh, and of course, they can't use like insider knowledge. So they are free to participate, but um, it's usually the league, the leagues will give them some sort uh, more guidance on that. Interesting. Okay. Um, have you thought about trying to get college players involved? Uh, yes, we have. We're, we're just going to have to do it once we add college leagues. So unfortunately, we don't have uh, any college leagues yet. We have NBA, NFL, and UFC. But hopefully, either this year or next year, we'll get to adding college. Uh, that'll be really exciting. I know Campbell Jones would be would be uh, absolutely over the moon to be able to buy Notre Dame stock, right, Tony? Oh, absolutely. That would be <laughs> Campbell's bread and butter right there. Yeah, I mean, we can't wait to, to be able to add. Uh, I mean, there's just so many college athletes, and a lot of people also – like it, it brings a lot of fans who maybe aren't fans of pro teams, but they're like they're fans of whatever college they went to, and so that's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of fun. So, how does that work? Uh, you know, acquiring these these rights, do you have to go through some sort of process to use these rights, or are you just kind of allowed to to use whoever and whatever school? No, um, you are allowed to just kind of use. I guess I guess that is the thing. You don't need rights to be able okay. to, to create a platform like this. So would you be interested then um, in in doing college athletes, like trying to get NILs as well um, to endorse the, the expansion? Most definitely. Most definitely. Once we actually get to college, um, that will definitely be part of the plan. Awesome. Okay. So is there – when you move to the college scene, which sports are you trying to start out with? I know uh, obviously basketball, March Madness – that would be a humongous market to get into, but college Absolutely. football also has plenty of upside as well, uh, or another sport even if you're looking at that. Is there a specific you know way you're trying to enter the college market, like which avenue you're trying to use per sport? I mean, college football and basketball, as you mentioned, are by far the biggest. So what we'll probably do is do that, that same year, kind of um, football season will start first, basketball will start after. We'll start them both the same year, but those are the first two. And then we'll kind of uh, we'll kind of see after that. Um, we're not quite sure. I mean, there's a lot of pro sports we're still missing, still missing hockey, still missing European soccer, uh, still missing other just globally large sports, tennis, Formula One. Uh, we need to get to those as well. So there's quite a few sports we have, and those are just I mean even the the kind of major global sports, right? Um, if you want to get even more niche, you have cricket in, in India and Pakistan, like rugby in in england and australia like you know there, there's a lot to go around so we're, we're just going to keep figuring out what's going to be the most popular yeah so another you, oh go ahead tony do you uh do you expect at a certain point to really be able to kind of capture all of the niche sports as what well, sports as well or are you just kind of going for you know the big ones right now and whatever happens down the road if you can it will just happen no, I, th- I think we can capture all of those. And I think um, because another big thing is that what is niche to us is definitely not niche to, <laughs> to them, right? Uh, like, you know, the state of soccer in the States compared to anywhere. Absolutely. Europe, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, those are massive, massive market opportunities. Now, will we get to, like, bowling? Probably not. <laughs> but... <laughs> Some of these sports that are at least sizable in other places, most definitely. And that will also just come as we expand to those countries. Those will definitely be a focus for those countries themselves. So kind of on that train of thought, uh, when you say expand to those countries, are you primarily located in the U.S.? Have you spread to any neighboring countries? Or you know, what's, what's your major usership? <laughs> um, only in the U.S. 
Only in the U.S., okay. Uh, do you plan to expand other countries anytime soon, or are you just still trying to grow your U.S. audience before you think about expanding internationally? Primarily focus on our, our U.S. audience. Uh, we'll kind of see what happens, um, but definitely primarily focus on the U.S. audience. It would make the most sense to try and expand as we as we bring in sports that will bring that international audience. American football is kind of big in other countries, but not not really. Um, yeah. Basketball, kind of the same thing. You know, as we add something like soccer, that I think is a time that it makes a lot more sense to think about. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely fair. Have you thought about doing horse racing? It was kind of um, another sport that we hadn't really mentioned. Would horse racing be on the table? Uh, definitely on the table. We have not made kind of moves in that direction yet, but 100% on the table. Okay, yeah, for, for uh, right now, I know you have a lot of the major sports in uh, the U.S. Was there, is there any thought to potentially expanding beyond the players? Like, for example, being able to buy like a coach or a GM or something like that. That might be an interesting uh, kind of aspect to add to it. We have not uh, actually thought about that, but that is really interesting. I think the the closest we kind of came to that was, uh, which really isn't even the same thing, we thought about creating ETFs for teams. So you have essentially an index of, I don't know, all of the the Patriots or or whoever your favorite team is. Interesting. All right. Well, you beat us to it. That was actually (laughs) the next major question was asking about ETFs. So that's really interesting to learn about. Is there a timetable you have to maybe – uh, expect for the users to kind of have you know ETFs or maybe these packaged stocks roll out fall ish, um, but we don't have a hard timeline on that yet. Okay, and what league would that primarily start in? Would that be like starting in the NFL, NBA? It will probably roll out for NFL season, and then we'd go to so this coming NFL season, and then we'd be able to go to that next um, to to the next NBA season, which really is only six weeks after. Um, so in, instead of a collection of players, how about specific, just, just the team itself? Like, could you buy a stock in the Green Bay Packers in the near future? Like, if you're a Bengals fan and you bought Bengals stock, I mean, I think you'd have to be elated with, with the result, results of the season. Right. Uh, most likely. You know, that that is probably going to be coming. We're not quite sure what it's going to look like. and But almost certainly. Because we recognize this look. As a fan... You can be a fan of many, fan of sports in many different ways. Whether that's your team, your favorite player, uh, you, every or your just your city, or it might be players who went to your college. Like one of my best friends, he he uh, went to A and M, so he loves to support the A and M guys, right? So it kind we want this to be a platform that supports really whatever type of sports fan you are. Absolutely. So from what I'm hearing, these ETFs that you're thinking about doing, they're going to be beyond just teams, right? Like, will it be, you know, maybe kind of like we have in the actual stock market right now with some of the SMP kind of Vanguard big, like the top 50 companies, it could be like the top 50 players for maybe the person that wants to get involved, wants a little bit more of a safer investment. Most definitely. It will be exactly like that. I mean, we, we wanted to, Again, kind of going back to what I said before, we want it to be whatever it is for you. So, yes, maybe the top 50 players, the all-stars, that year's rookie class. Oh, um, I'd love that. You know, just things like that that are going to be fun. Or maybe, you know, maybe rookie quarterbacks um, or, you know, something like that. That Those are the types of things. Of course, we'll just gauge interest over time, but uh, those those are the types of things that we're going to be looking towards. No, I like the rookie quarterback in particular because I, I think it would have been interesting to see uh, this rookie class play out. Can you tell us like uh, how Trevor Lawrence did throughout the season? I know he's kind of expected to be that generationally great player. So I would have to imagine that his value started uh, fairly high according to your how you guys start players based on projected uh, performances. Most definitely. I want to say he started around $5 a share. I'd have to see w- where he is now, but probably not... Probably not even better than that. He um, had a very forgettable season. Um, I think he went like six games without a touchdown or something crazy at one point. 
Yeah, he was um, not very good. <laughs> no, no, there were like we stopped talking about him not being good at one point because it stopped mattering. <laughs> so, but I mean that's the nature of, of players who go from college to the NFL. I mean, my favorite example is uh, that draft class of Reggie Bush, Matt Leiner, Vince Young, three basically Heisman locks. Uh, I think Reggie Bush ended up, or Reggie Bush did end up getting it that year. Um, those were the three stars of the national championship game, and not one of them really made it in the league. I mean, Reggie Bush hung around for a while, but he was averaging 10 yards a carry in high school, five yards a carry in college. And did basically nothing in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, on that note, uh, when we're talking about how players kind of get their their stock value, so to speak, does that reset after the first year? And you know, like Trevor Lawrence, his will kind of be put away. Will it be a fresh restart at the beginning of next year, depending on next year's projections, or will it be also based off of the past year's performance? It will not reset. Actually, it will carry over. So there's a lot of trading that happens in the off season based on what happens to based on what happens to a player, um, and just you know whether whether their coach is fired, people start getting traded, all of that changes it. Now Tony Trevor's sitting at three nineteen. I know you're such a believer that you could go buy a stock yeah, right now. Uh, no, I'm not buying him in anything. <laughs> Devin, my my best pick of my best take of this past year before Trevor Lawrence was drafted was that he was going to be a bust, and everybody hated it. Oh, wow. And I am standing on it, and I will die on this hill. And I'm the only wow. one that I know of that made that pick. And I'm you proud know, you of could, it. You could buy Davis Mills, Tony. He's sitting at three sixty seven. He might be a bit of a bargain. I'd rather. I think I might actually. That's a good. Call. You should. That's that's a it, bargain go buy. Davis Mills. How is he only three sixty seven? I may go buy Davis Mills. <laughs> do it. Do it. Uh, I, they did not set Trevor Lawrence up for success. That is all I will say on that point. Um, Absolutely. Sending someone to Jacksonville is like sending someone to Detroit was for a while, um, <laughs> and it's certain. You know, it's just you don't have a chance. There's, it's just you trying to save a franchise. And as we all know, a football team is 53 guys. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's, and there's just one of you. It's not the same as the NBA where one player is able to make so much of a difference. It, it's not even him saving the franchise. It's him saving the franchise by having to fight against Urban Meyer. I'm not going to get into that hire, but I hated it. I hated that hire. <laughs> I mean, it, it played out it, not exactly as I thought it would. I didn't think he'd get fired before the end of the first season, but I definitely didn't think he'd be a success. Um, while we're talking rookies, what's your, uh, I know maybe you don't have a, an exact answer to this, but who's the most valuable kind of rookie coming in? Is it the first round football players, the first round basketball player? Is it an up and comer in, in, in UFC? Like who is the most valuable as they first enter the marketplace? Usually it's, it's an early, um, like an early NFL pick, specifically an NFL quarterback, because mm-hmm. those guys are usually handed kind of the keys. They say they they are expected to start, to play every game, and to produce. Whereas someone like a a rookie basketball player, they're 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 even if they're going to be starting, they're usually warming up, still getting some time to figure it out. Uh, but a rookie quarterback is still a very significant percent of your offensive production, and that's just what it's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. So we've talked about how when a player comes into the league, it's pretty much they're. Their value is pretty much based on their projections. So when when we're going through the league, obviously a lot of their value changes by how they perform in any given week. But you talked about a little bit ago how players are still trading in the offseason. Obviously, you know, they're not going to have any stats to put up in the offseason. So at that point, when the season's over between, you know, the, the end of one season, the beginning of another, is their stock value going to be completely 100% controlled by the market? Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. Interesting. Very interesting. That's a, that's a really good observation, Tony. Um, so on the note of, of players in the offseason being controlled by kind of the market, uh, a similar question. What happens to a player who retires? We have Big Ben, of course. Um, you know, He retired recently and made headlines. Tom Brady is contemplating retiring. Those, I believe Tom Brady is, I want to say, at least $20 stock. What happens to those, holder, those who hold Tom Brady? And nothing inherently. We don't just drop the price or remove um, 
or remove them from the from the platform or something once they once they decide to retire. They uh, people can hold it hold the stock kind of forever if they want as sort of a collectible, or they can mm-hmm. decide to to sell it and, and move that money elsewhere. Yeah, so you can imagine that uh, I would I would imagine that in the case of Big Ben, people were probably selling off of that um, the week or two prior to his retirement. Yes, is that a, is I mean, that, a trend? that was that was maybe the worst kept secret that he was retiring, <laughs> and then he announced it yesterday, and we we're all like, we knew. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, even in the game, I think he said something like, "This is probably my last home game," or I guess that was week yep. one of those week eighteen maybe for them. He, he said, "This is probably my last home game." And so, but never mm-hmm. officially announced he was retiring until yesterday. Um, so that was kind of I don't I don't know make whatever you want of that. Uh, but some of these other guys like Tom Brady that he's kind of been getting up there. So it, uh, it you know I think some people do maybe expect it. But say Andrew Luck was a good one. No one saw that coming, right? Oh yeah, uh, no. Field one day. So. That that was a really weird day where everyone just kind of sold off instantly. It was like, what just happened? Yeah. Well, has there been any thought to um, – I know an up-and-coming thing is, you know, NFTs and stuff like that. And people that buy a lot of NFTs, people, you know, you maybe buy an NFT, you can make it your profile picture or whatever. Has there been any thought to a player's stock being like a collectible NFT once they retire and, you know, you can't buy it after they retire, so it's kind of like like a little stamp you can put up there is to say, you know, I've been on the app since this guy played and make a little sticker like an achievement or something? Definitely, definitely. We we don't have, like you said, we don't have NFTs right now, but that's exactly kind of what what we've been thinking. So something like that will almost certainly happen. Especially, I mean, especially something for rookies. Like, the rookies are right on. You want to let everyone know that you were right in the mm-hmm. beginning. Yep. Yeah, no, I have to imagine the people who had Jonathan Taylor stock, they they were probably pretty excited by how that one turned out. Jamar Chase, too. Oh, I wish I could have bought Jamar Chase stock. Dang it. I needed this app at the start of the season. Right? <laughs> like, exactly. Or Justin Jefferson. Like, some of these guys that, that people... May may have been high on her, maybe weren't. <laughs> uh, who just ended up killing it? Yeah, no. Uh, one I would love would be Mac Jones after the season he's had. That would have been a good one to have. Great, great rebound of a season, uh, or maybe not rebound, but maybe we just didn't know he was good, didn't know he was this good, and seems mm-hmm. like it. So, uh, do you hold any stocks in players as as the CEO of the app? Are you still involved in trading? Do you trade fairly regularly? I do trade fairly regularly, um, not as much to make money. A lot of it is just to put my shoe, put myself in the shoes of a user. So, okay. just kind of, what would it be like for for you guys? You know, make sure everything makes sense, it's flowing correctly, uh, but also to see if I'm right. Like, I'm I'm a sports fan too, so <laughs> I I, I want to be able to say, look, I knew that guy was going to kill it this game or this year, this month, and hopefully be right. No, absolutely. I mean, that is the the biggest thing is when Tony and I were first talking about this, we we briefly considered, you know, doing not this exact interview, but doing a show on the app and putting our money where our mouths are because we talk about players all the time. And so Tony said, you know, that was that's what would make it interesting. And that's what makes this app interesting is because you really do get the chance to put your money where your mouth is. Like I had uh, John Morant over Zion Williamson when those two were being drafted. And I really wish I had this app then. That's what I'm going to keep saying is anytime <laughs> I really wish I had the zap. <laughs> yep. No, I mean, it's I, Zion's another big one. Like Zion, I think was up like 7% the day before his first game started just in that day long period. But obviously, you know, he, I mean, he's been playing well, but he also hasn't been playing a lot. So <laughs> that's another weird one. And it's just, the market has reflected that people have started to sell. People are kind of like, it, it, I mean, I don't even think they have a, a time a timeline for him to come back. No, they don't. It's been one of the the craziest things of the season, particularly with the Pelicans, is that that team was built for success around Zion, and Zion's just not there. You know, point Zion was an incredible uh, was an incredible time for Zion, and you know they they sorely miss him. Yep, I mean definitely. And Brandon Ingram has been great and took a huge step forward last year. And now what? <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and also they are probably going to have to pay Zion a max contract. It's a contract. 
extension coming up. Um, I'm sure they're not thrilled about it, but they also know they kind of have to. So mm-hmm. that also is not giving Zion much um, much uh, encouragement to go to get to get in shape and get back out there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I do have a question. So if you have a player uh, like Zion, I guess, that who's not in the news a lot, or when he is in the news, it's it's nothing notable, does his stock devalue, um, I guess, does he lose value faster than an athlete who maybe has like a really bad performance, like uh, consistently, or has a couple really bad games in a row, or... You know, since Zion is kind of staying put because he's not in the news, you know, which which is worse, not being in the news or being in the spotlight with a bad performance? It really depends. Uh, so if you if a lot of people have shares of you and then you do something that in the news that causes people to sell off, that can cause an absolute massive sell off um, mm-hmm. or massive buy. So like when Cam Akers got hurt, Daryl Henderson's stock like went up 50 percent, I think, that day. And just that was just in one day. Uh, whereas if you are, if you are a player having a, several bad games, especially if you're like, for example, Steph Curry has had a terrible two months. Uh, that has dropped his stock price considerably. So it real, it kind of depends on how, <laughs> I guess, how bad both of those things are for you. No, interesting, interesting. Um, what was the biggest miss that you've had on the app? A player that you thought was going to do really well, you put a lot of money into him, and you, you've lost that value? Um, uh, yes, Steph Curry at the beginning, beginning of this season, I think I lost like 30 40%. Um, another one that I somehow always miss on is Seth Curry. Uh, so Seth Curry shoots, uh, actually probably a little better than Steph. And so I'm always like, Oh, I'm going to get, I'm going to get some stock. He's going to have a big game. Maybe the Sixers are never healthy. So he's mm-hmm. going to pick up extra minutes. And anytime I believe that he does, he goes down, uh, no matter what, but like all my other friends, when they get shares of Seth, his share price increases. So I bad <laughs> luck with Seth. Um, trying to think who on the NFL side that I just absolutely miss on this year. Um, the NFL, I was more focused on buy and holds. So Tom mm-hmm. Brady, Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, oh, Amari Cooper and CD Lamb, uh, were not doing what I needed them to do. Neither was Dak. I'm a Cowboys fan. So I keep going with that. Oh, okay. Dak Prescott and Zeke couldn't decide when they wanted to be good. So that was kind of interesting. Um, Dak was like a shoe in for comeback player of the year and everything and just, I don't even know what happened once we got to the late fall. So that was a though a lot of ups and downs of that Cowboys season. <laughs> yeah, that's a great summary of the Cowboys season, ups and downs. Uh what's your biggest success? Who's a a guy you bought on a whim and he's done really well for you or maybe somebody who you you thought all along was going to be really good and he's paid he's validated you. Who um what's a good one? Um, I mean, it's, it's not a hot take, but I was a Tom Brady believer back when he got traded to Tampa. Um, Mm -hmm. so I was there for that. Everyone thought he was kind of, or not everyone, a good amount of people thought he was washed and that, and remember there's the argument of whether he was good or Bill Belichick was good. Um, so that has paid off a Super Bowl and maybe a play away from, (laughs) from going back to the Super Bowl later this year. Um, I mean, Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb are two guys also that I was just like, they're actually going to do it. Uh, I love CeeDee Lamb. I love him. Mm-hmm. I just think the Cowboys' offense is not particularly well run right now. And I don't think it's the fault of the players. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. I, I think that anybody should – somebody should hire Eric Bieniemy, and if it was the Cowboys, the Cowboys would just – they'd win a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's my, but that's my take. <laughs> Apparently, the Cowboys didn't even – are they barely interviewed anyone before giving Mike McCarthy the job. So that was concerning. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Jones, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Des Bryant was on Twitter saying, um, saying Tony Romo should be their offensive coordinator, which – you know what? I'll, I'll take it at this point. Just, just give me something. <laughs> that would be a really interesting experiment. Yeah, I had Dak on my as my starting quarterback in my fantasy league this year, and he did not do me many favors towards the back half of the season. 
And that was also what made it hard because he was – I had him in one of my leagues as well. He was killing it the, the first half of the season. Yep. And then, like, I don't know, something happened. And it was like, do I even start Dak anymore? Yeah, he was killing it when I wasn't starting him. And then about halfway <laughs> through the season, Campbell Jones, who we've talked about, he is, he's our resident Cowboys fan as well. He was telling me every week, oh, this is the week Dak's going to pop off and he's going he's gonna to be great this week. And I started him and trusted Campbell every week, and it never happened. <laughs> never happened again. It really never happened again. Meanwhile, I drafted Joe Burrow in a dynasty league, and I am thrilled with that decision. That decision is going to benefit me for years, years to come. Absolutely not. Um, Speaking of elite kind of quarterback play, uh, we talked about how players' value can, you know, it rises and falls based on their performances. Do players get any kind of a value benefit by winning awards? Like, for example, Aaron Rodgers is pretty much a lock for the MVP already. Is he going to, is his price going to jump because of his MVP, you know, accolade, or does that not affect it? That does not affect it. Only if the users decide okay. because he's MVP um, to buy shares, but not inherently. Interesting. Have you, are you, maybe would you consider that in the future as a, as a it's bonus? Definitely on, it's definitely on the table. And it's, it's just one of those things that, that um, we've not been able to reach sufficient consensus on. With with users, with and even within our own product team, mm-hmm. so it, it is quite possible at least. Do you mind letting us go behind the curtain? Because you you know you talked about that being almost controversial. Have what are some of the ideas that have been controversial and haven't made it past the cutting room floor for the app? Oh man, let me think. Hmm, uh, shorts was a pretty interesting one. And that was actually a, overall just a very good idea. So you could essentially you would make money if the player's share price decreased. Um, mm-hmm. Overall, great idea. Okay. The reason that didn't really make it is because we wanted the players to be involved, and so you don't want players to be able <laughs> to take the underside. <laughs> yeah, you don't want players to see people are buying shorts on them, <laughs> right? Or you don't want bummer. them to be able to short themselves and then just decide <laughs> to have a stinker of a game. And make money. Dak right. would Dak would have been smart to buy a short on himself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was that. Um, that was one of them. What else? Oh man, it's hard to think. There have been so many. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the one that was most notable because we actually did we. That was the one we probably put the most real time into discussing. Like we had whole meetings discussing that. We even sketched out an engineering plan and then decided to scrap it. Yeah. What's oh go ahead, Tony, if you if you have a question. Yeah, I was just gonna ask, uh at a certain point, kind of going off of what you were just talking about, is there a point where, you know, you get players involved into the app? When does it become kind of an insider trading kind of a thing where they are no longer able to be involved? Um it really it'll be interesting to see. You know, I mean for us we are also moving to a marketplace that is more based on supply and demand than actual performance. And because of that, it, it is not as much of an insider trading thing if if they're basically just buying shares based on the popularity and the alleged kind of um, skill of other people they know. Whereas if we were just, say, just traditional sports betting, just, just straight up this deck, get 10 fantasy points, 20 fantasy points, 30 fantasy points this week. That's definitely going to be insider trading. Maybe not for someone on the Patriots, but definitely other Cowboys team members. They know maybe Dak was hurt in practice and didn't tell anyone. Maybe um, you know, or if a player is listed as questionable, you actually know whether they're going to play or not play. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. That is what we're keen on avoiding. Uh, so t- to kind of get on that, the idea of insider trading, is, are there rules and regulations that you guys have to adhere to because you're a combination of the stock market and fantasy sports? Or you know, is this kind of a, a little bit of the Wild West where you're pioneering something new and you don't, you know, the rules are kind of up to you guys? No, it's brand new. So the rules are up to us. Uh, we are an actual security. If we were a security, there are incredibly strict and incredibly specific laws about mm-hmm. that. 
Um, and likewise with gambling, there are incredibly strict and specific laws. But because we're neither of those things, uh, we're figuring out as we go along. Are you worried about regulation in the future? Like if this really takes off, like I, I believe it can? Not as much. Um, we have opinions stating we aren't legal opinions stating we aren't securities and gambling. So that gives us a lot of reassurance. Okay. But, uh, you know, part of regulations is they do change. So mm-hmm. we always do just keep an eye to that and, and look to see what happens. To go back to an earlier question, uh, ideas that maybe were left on the cutting room floor. What's a controversial one that did make it to the app and did it, did it succeed or not? You know, was it, you know, was it controversial and it worked out or controversial? Maybe you had to, to have an update and pull it off. Hmm. Wow. Um, maybe not a feature, but there was significant discussion about what would be the next sport to add. So we knew mm-hmm. it would definitely go football, football, basketball first. Uh, and mixed martial arts was our third sport. But there was a lot of discussion about where, either about what sport it would be. Uh, fast forward, we did go forward with MMA. And some other sports were on the table, like baseball and hockey. And even soccer was, was tossed around for a bit. And we went forward with MMA. And it's been doing phenomenal absolutely phenomenal that community is so strong so active they've just been loving it what is the strongest uh community yeah is it football because of just the sheer size or is it mma through sheer dedication uh it would be definitely football football (laughs) football and fantasy football are absolutely massive i would say the most active kind of on an individual user basis, when you standardize kind of for, for size, would be mixed martial arts for sure. Okay, interesting. Tony, do you have a, a question for Devin? I do. Uh, you said you're not like gambling, not like, you know, DraftKings, FanDuel, and all them. But something that they do, and it seems to be very successful, is they'll do kind of like new customer promos. Is there any plan for Prediction Strike to do uh, any promotions for people that are just signing up, maybe money matching or anything like that? Yes, we do it. Uh, pro- well, one, we do promos throughout the year. Um, so those will happen. Like, there will be a Super Bowl promo to no one's surprise, things like that. Uh, and another one is we do a lot of promos because, uh, like, through our partners. So we partner with either a media page, a podcast, or just whoever it is, um, and we'll get, and we'll get some, uh, a promo code. So we'll get one rolling for you guys at some point as well, and then Excellent. Uh, you'll have that. Uh, where can people find some of those promos? Is it back on your social media pages? Yes, they're on their social media pages. On our, if you see podcasts we've retweeted, they have them. Um, I know the Daily Dividends guys. That's the podcast that's sponsored, like uh, sponsored and run by us. They have a standing one. Theirs is mm-hmm. D uh, number two podcast. Um, so that's a standard one. But. Um, yeah, there we we try and keep them publicized so people know and people want to sign up. Yeah, uh, can you tell us where you are on social media besides Instagram, uh, so our listeners can find you and follow you if they want to give the app a try and, and find some of those promos? Sure, they can follow uh, Prediction Strike. We're on Twitter at Predict Strike, uh, and that blame that on Twitter's character limit. Instagram at Prediction Strike. We're on TikTok, Reddit, uh, Discord. All those places, all as prediction strike, um, and then you can also find me as Devin Hurt. I'm at Dev Hurt or at Devin Hurt on basically all forms of social media, and then I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and not on TikTok. <laughs> you don't want to see me on TikTok. So. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Um, what does your social media look like? What does TikTok look like for prediction strikes? Is it just updates on the market for for people who follow there? Partially updates on the market and kind of commentary on timely content. Like we'll we'll commonly compare, say, a uh, stock's performance to like a real stock's performance to a player's stock's performance, stuff like that. Just timely, interesting content. But as you can imagine, it's an extension of the prediction strike ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what we're talking about? How you know players' values, of course, determined by how they perform. What fantasy projections do you guys use do you make your own do you use another websites or companies no we we buy them from a data provider 
and they're they're great. So we've been working with them for a little bit. Um, we we purposely do not make the mark ourselves. We want we want we'll leave that to the professionals. <laughs> yeah, no, a, a good a good thing to leave it to. That would be. Uh, you know, you don't want to mess that kind of prediction up. Uh, what is the prediction from that company? I guess maybe it's Trevor Lawrence who they've just missed on, but everybody, I guess everybody missed on, or maybe somebody that they missed on, um, and it was just a surprise to you. What? So, what is the biggest one? Yeah, like what's the the biggest miss by projections? I mean, yeah, I'd have to imagine it's Lawrence, right? Like it's pretty hard to beat, uh, you know, where he's expected to perform. For this year, probably, um, almost certainly. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, uh, and and that one is so memorable just because that's what we, you know, it's it's not even they just missed, we all did, right? Yes. I'd, I'd say the consensus opinion was that Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be this first-round generational talent, XYZ, you know, insert accolade here, here, and here. So I, I can't even blame them for that one. I love them. Uh, they, you know, but they, they did miss on that. And, and, but that's very interesting also that not only did the analytics guys and the data guys miss, but we did the same way. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I, everybody truly did miss. He was uh, subbilled as the next best thing since Andrew Luck, and he just missed. Um, now, I, I do have a hypothetical, and maybe you can't answer it because it's it's kind of distant in the future, but if you were to expand to college football and I let's say I bought Trevor Lawrence and you know he's drafted by Jacksonville how would that work would I roll over to the value would my stock holding roll over to uh, Trevor Lawrence as the pros or would he stay as a college and become that NFT that Tony talked about um, because you know his I would imagine his value would reset from college to the pros the plan would be that that stock rolls over mm-hmm. we're not quite sure what it looks like because for example, a, a ten dollars share college player is definitely not that in the pros. So we oh, have for to sure. for do sure. some thinking about what that transition looks like, and it might just look like a reverse share split. So instead of having uh, one share at ten dollars, you have four shares at two fifty. Now that they're a pro, uh, something like that is possible. But we're we're not quite sure what that transition is going to be yet. No, I'd have to imagine that would be interesting. We'd we'd probably see a lot of people start selling before the draft. Um, you know, depending on how that that ends up working. Oh, definitely. Now, can you buy multiple shares of one player? So, you know, I I guess I've just been thinking that you only you know you only buy one share in a player. But no, is there an upper can. limit? Uh, the current upper limit is five hundred dollars in one player. Okay. Uh, Tony, do you have any questions? Yeah, I was going to ask, you know, we were just talking about, uh, you know, going from college to the NFL. That's obviously such a huge change. Would there be any thought process to, you know, maybe a player in the NFL isn't quite what they thought they'd be or for whatever reason they want to go somewhere else? Let's say they go to the, the Canadian Football League. Would there be, would that player then be, you know, removed from the platform altogether or uh, would they, how would that work since that's probably a smaller league that won't be added for a while? They would be left on the platform, really, in case they, they do make it back to the big league. Um, but we would not be keeping up with their stats or anything from that Canadian Football League. Is the Canadian Football League one that maybe you're going to add in the future, but just haven't gotten around to now because it's you know so small? It's quite possible. It, it's quite possible, um, probably even. Uh, you know, We'll have to just kind of do market sizing and all that type of stuff. But my understanding is it's a pretty sizable league with a real following. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, I will find it fascinating as we continue to watch this app grow and expand. That truly will be something to to look forward to. Thank you. Thank you. We're looking forward to it, too. Uh, do, do you have uh, any questions? Yeah, I was just going to ask, uh, There are there certain events or games that happen uh, within, like the NFL, for example, we have, you know, the Pro Bowl, there's the All-Star game. Do players get any kind of like an extra boost off that because you have to be you know, voted for that? You have to be the best of the best to get there, or is it just kind of act as you know just another game on their schedule? We actually don't count scores towards those types of games, and that's mm-hmm. really just because they're all kinds of a mess. Um, there's yeah. no real way to do projections. You don't know who's going to play, how much, what even what position they're going to play. So we just leave those alone. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, that's probably a good one. That might uh, mess with some of the stats a little, just a little bit. Exactly. All right, well, I think that is all that I have for today. Tom, do you have anything else? Um, I was going to ask, do you mind taking a few audience questions, Devin? I know that my brother's on, and he he would like to ask about hockey specifically. I think we have James calling in a couple of times. I'm sure some of the audience has some questions that maybe Tony and I haven't thought of. Sure, that's fine. Yeah, so call in, guys. We'll give you a couple minutes to, to call in with questions. And, yep, there we go. There's James. Hello, James, and – oh, or not. <laughs> Never mind. Um, I guess I guess he's not calling calling in. Um <laughs> Well, thank you so much for for coming on the plot. Oh, never mind. Okay, <laughs> he's back. Here we again. go. All right, welcome, James. Welcome. How are you doing? Or not? Okay, this is all right. Okay, I'm now so you're sorry. I am so sorry. Yeah, don't worry about I it. The button like twice. Yeah. How are you doing, okay. James? Pretty good. Um, what is this app? Is it like a stock? But like you're investing in players. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's better they get. And the better they get, like, the more money you start to make and the more you could sell the player for? Yes, exactly. Okay. Wait, what's this app called? Prediction Strike. All right, I'm going to look into it. Yeah, it's definitely a really cool one. This is one uh, that, as I was talking about earlier, I found. I texted it to Tom immediately. I was super in on this idea, and... There was one one random day I decided to look on Instagram or Twitter to see if I could follow any accounts and followed the account and found Devin, DM'd him, and he was uh, nice enough to give us this interview. It's been a long time in the making before the holidays, and here we are now. I'm super excited we got to finally do it with you, Devin. Yeah, yeah absolutely worth the wait. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on, Devin. As you know, as we see the app get some more expansions, different leagues, updates, I'd love to have you back on in the future because this truly is such a unique product that, like I said, I, I'm not lying when I when I titled it The Future of Sports Betting. I do believe that this is going to change how we look at sports betting. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I mean, love to be back. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate your time. Of course. Th- we appreciate your time. Thank you, Devin. All right, All right guys. Well, well, everybody, we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Touchdown Rundown. I'm Tom Zwiller. I'm Tony Nometi. And we'll see you next week.